Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight. Night America. It's another late night here in St. Louis, Missouri. And I hated getting that phone call on Friday. The phone call from our program director, Steve Moore, who said, I have some bad news. Bob Hamilton passed away last night. Oh, it broke my heart hearing that. When I started working on some of the KMOX documentaries, the very first one I worked on was the Robert Highland special. And I was trying to think of some KMOX people that would have great stories to share. And so many people said, you need to talk to Bob Hamilton. If you're a longtime KMOX listener, you probably remember his voice. And you probably remember it very fondly of all the different things that he did over the years. Like here's an example of, of course, Bob Hamilton, KMOX News. <laughs> it sounds so good. Every, and then there were, I think, like Michael Calhoun and Alex Degman inside of the newsroom. They would all do their Bob Hamilton voice once in a while. They would all do the sign-off. Bob Hamilton, KMOX News. And so many people, that's what they remember. They remember the way he would sign off. And he passes away last week at the age of 82. Breaks my heart to see these things. I only had the pleasure to meet him just once, and it was when I recorded an interview with him earlier in February. So this is before all the COVID stuff kicked in. I put together that Robert Highland special, and from what I understand, he really enjoyed it. I think Kevin Clean told me that. And I used him on the Ann Keefe special and the Jim White special and really any other of these radio documentaries I'll put together. I'm very fortunate to have had him share a lot of his great memories of the radio station. The, a couple of things I wanted to point out about Bob Hamilton. When you have KMOX legends in the building, you find that there are people that just want to meet and say hi to the person. And let me point this out real quick. When Bob Costas was here, and he comes on Charlie Brennan's show maybe about once a year when he's in town and he does his yearly appearances. And it's really cool because I had a chance to meet uh, Bob Costas that way. And I've talked to him on the phone a few times since then afterwards. But this is what I noticed. His time is very limited. He's got to hit planes. He's got to do this. Everything's like quick, quick, quick. And he runs late where he goes to these certain places. But I was lucky enough to line up 15 minutes with him. So we ran to the studio 
I just asked him some of his memories. We just did quick, quick, quick. He was a true professional. And when we got out, there were a couple of people lined up that wanted to say hi to Bob. And then Bob had to go. This is Bob Costas. When I sat down with Bob Hamilton, it was a different story. There were more people that came in and interrupted our interview with Bob Hamilton than there were with Bob Costas. Isn't that something? More people wanted to meet Bob Hamilton. Maybe it's because they understand, you know, Costas is doing his thing and he's just had to, he had to go, right? And they've already prepped everyone. Okay, you can only say hi real quick, but then you got to go. You might be able to get a handshake, maybe a quick little selfie or whatever it was. So these people were prepped and I think they realized that when all the old staff members came by to say hi to Bob, he, oh, hello, he would say hi to everyone. And this is after hours. There were people that were hanging around just to say hi to Bob because they loved him so much. And I should have I should have recognized that at the time that there was something special there because not that doesn't happen to everyone. And it doesn't. When Bob finished his interview, we had some good talks. We walked back downstairs. He said hi to a couple of other people. And this is all pre-COVID. This is back in February. And I walked him downstairs. I think he parked across the street from our building because there's a bank parking lot there. And he said, oh, I'm a member of the bank, so I, I should be able to park there, right? Of course, there wasn't any issue with it. And he went on his way. And that was the last time I got a chance to talk to Bob Hamilton. I wish I would have spent some more time with him. I really, I really messed that up. And I feel like there's always those type of regrets in life. I haven't read anything about what's going to happen next, if there's a memorial set up, but I'm sure there may be some news out there. I did read a lot of social media posts of people that never had the opportunity to meet Bob Hamilton, but they knew him by his voice. A lot of people in radio, I was surprised because there were people I knew that idolized him. and said, oh, he had the perfect voice for news. It didn't get any better than that. He was, he was the best of the best, big market he could have worked anywhere he wanted to type of voice and delivery. But he was here with KMOX all those years, hired by Robert Hyland in the early 80s, worked with all the greats, and became one himself. Luckily, you know, he was at the tail end of Rex Davis, so he got to learn from him and worked with Bob Hardy all those years and Jack Carney and worked with Bob Costas some and worked with Charlie Brennan and worked with Jim White and worked with Jack Buck and you name them, Ann Keefe, you worked with them all. It's all the great radio names that built this legendary radio station, of course, with uh, Mr. Robert Hyland, too. And he had all the memories, and he shared all of them. And I thought, well, we should do a memorial for Bob Hamilton. So tomorrow night, we are going to air the interview I had with him in February. I don't know if this was his last interview or not. With COVID screwing so much up, I, it may have been. I just don't know. It's Let's just say tomorrow night, Monday night at 10 o'clock, I'm going to re-air this interview with Bob Hamilton, and I think you'll enjoy it too. Learned a lot from him just in the little bit of time I spent in the studio. It's amazing how little things like that could go and pass so quickly, and you don't even get a chance to uh, recognize it as it happened. I'm sure you had many great Bob Hamilton memories and stories. If you want to call in and talk about them, you can. Um, we do have a pretty big show plan for tonight. Uh, 314-436-7900 or 800 We'll be live for the next three hours. Uh, also coming up, 
ramping up the restrictions just in time for Thanksgiving and Christmas. In Canada, they're saying uh, maybe you should cancel Christmas, too. They're already looking towards Christmas in Canada. But the late shift, we're actually going to hook up with them tonight. I didn't think this was going to happen, but it is. Nikki Rettmeyer, uh, she's the one that's going to be hosting tonight. She's a contributor to the radio stations up there. And as far as I know, we've never had an opportunity to uh, connect with her through the late shift. So I don't know how many of these shows she's done before. This will be a great opportunity for us to learn about each other. And I'm so happy that Nikki will be doing this tonight at a regular time when we connect to Canada in the United States between our simulcast the other. SpaceX getting a launch, which is kind of neat. We're going to talk about some of the hypocritical things we've seen so far in California and Chicago when it comes to COVID in the way that they're fighting it. Uh, fighting crime, a couple of crime stories. We'll also talk more about COVID and um, holiday shopping and how that's changing. So we get a lot to, uh, we get a lot of time tonight. 314-436-7900. And I see a text message when John Carney was at KMOX. He once had a guest, Craig who did the funniest Bob Hamilton impression. Bob absolutely loved it. Okay, I'll see if I can buy that somewhere. I've never heard that before, so it might be around. Who knows? But, you know, Kevin Colleen did a whole other story on Bob Hamilton. Maybe we'll play that right after the break. I think you'll enjoy it. This is Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Overnight America is live tonight up until 2 o'clock. You know, people are sending me links right now. <laughs> they want to hear this impersonation, this impression of Bob Hamilton from a comedian by the name of Craig Hoxley. And I got to see if I can get a hold of this comedian and see if we can get him to on the show to do that. I think a lot of people would appreciate it. Bob Hamilton, what a good guy, man. Um, you know who wrote a whole other story on him is Kevin Colleen, and I... I feel like maybe this will be the right time to play it. If, if you have uh, any memories of Bob Hamilton or you want to talk about him, I'd be more than happy to take those calls. But let's, uh, let's play Kevin Clean's whole other story. Bob Hamilton was never moody, at least at work where I knew him. For years, every Thursday, he'd arrive in the newsroom about 4 in the afternoon to start his Thursday through Sunday work week shift, and he would bound in on the balls of his feet, calling out everybody's name. Hello, Carol. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Brian. Hello, Maria. The weekend is nigh. And then everybody at their workstations, all the reporters, would call back in unison, Bob Hamilton! And he'd go, hey! Bob was a man who never really packed a, la a lavish lunch when he'd come to work. Usually he would have one of those little cups, uh, 89 cent cup of just add hot water, chicken, and noodle soup. Or if he came in and saw that there were some leftovers on the table from some free food event earlier, he'd get very jolly. Ho ho, there'll be news tonight. After he retired, the newsroom just wasn't as fun. So I stopped by to see Bob Hamilton in retirement a couple of years ago. Now I am old and retired and very happy, and I've never been old before. It's a new adventure. So I like to do what I like to do. Do you still listen to 11.20 a.m.? Oh, I sure do. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think I'm glad I'm not there. I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> no. Wait, what does that mean? Well, it, in a good way. Bob was asked if he ever missed the newsroom. Yeah, I do miss that. It, it's a magic thing. Radio, when something happens, something catastrophic happens, 
everybody without a word just pitches in and does what needs to be done. Charlie Brennan's producer, Chris Myhill, described Hamilton as unflappable. He said if the network news dropped out or there was some emergency, Hamilton would calmly fill the time reading a stack of extra stories he always kept lying around. One time, Charlie Brennan was stuck in traffic and supposed to be on the air shortly after Hamilton's 1 o'clock news. I found somebody in a nearby car who had a cell phone. I called in the station and said, Bob, you've got to stretch the news out for as long as you can. He got the news at six minutes after one o'clock and he stretched it till 1.28 with local news until I got into the studio and for that I am eternally grateful. Near the end of our visit two years ago I asked Bob Hamilton to let us hear it one more time. Oh, Bob Hamilton, KMOX News. <laughs> oh, Kevin, thank you. To hear his voice again, that was Bob Hamilton, who you can still find online a little bit more details of him passing away at the age of 82. Long, great life. So, um, a few things I want to get to on the show tonight. Ah, it just makes me, you know, it's weird because I don't feel, I, I don't feel sad right now. I, I do feel like we we've had a loss. But I felt like he was such a positive and uplifting type of guy that you just feel when you listen to his voice and when you'd be around him that you wouldn't want to feel sad. You know, good old Bob Hamilton. And that's the thing. I only got to meet him that one time. We're working with the people that had the opportunity to work for him for uh, many, many years. So I'm sure they have a lot of great things to say. And I know that Mark Reardon did a great job on Friday talking about Bob Hamilton's stories. And I know Charlie Brennan's profile of Bob Hamilton ran multiple times this weekend. So tomorrow night we're going to do a special. It was my interview with him from February, which you'll be able to hear uh, Monday night, 10 o'clock. I think you'll enjoy that. All right, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. I do want to get a couple of things, uh, restrictions that are ramping up just in time for Thanksgiving in Canada. They're already ramping it up and trying to prepare up till Christmas. Uh, makes you wonder. Some states are doing it different. You know, Chicago and uh, Detroit, I should say, and Michigan as a state in general have already ramped these things up. Pretty uh, pretty large things going on there. So maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, yeah, and we're starting to find that this Joe Biden charity, what a ripoff. So maybe we could talk about that in the next hour too. SpaceX did a launch which was kind of cool. SpaceX. You remember when you were a kid, you saw like one space launch, period. Now you see them like every other month. They're like all around. Um, and then afterwards in the next hour, a couple of crime stories, things like that. But, um, you know, when I've been working on this, this quick special, it's not really a special for Bob Hamilton. But mostly it was just taking the interview and trying to fit it into one hour. But the thing I noticed was that so many people kept butting into the studio. <laughs> they, they all came in and they all wanted to they all wanted to talk to Bob Hamilton and they all had a great story and they all felt good when they said it. All right, so I might as well do this real quick just because we don't have a lot of time. But SpaceX did an awesome launch and when SpaceX does a launch, they do a launch. They do a multi-video experience. I don't know if any of you had a chance to actually see this for yourself. SpaceX, this is resilience. Roger, go. 
go for launch. And at 37 seconds, the International Space Station flying over Kennedy uh, Space Center. One, crew one for all. Crew Dragon poised to go catch it. Twenty seconds till liftoff. T-minus fifteen seconds. Okay, nine is configured for flight. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. What would you think of that line from SpaceX? So the, the rocket's going up. Honestly, when I was a kid, you only saw archival footage of rockets going into space. I never got to see a live space launch ever. I mean, maybe they would broadcast them on television. I don't remember that ever happening. But you have to be at the right place at the right time. Today, you could be sitting on your couch or on your toilet. It doesn't matter. And you're looking at your phone, and they're like, hey, uh, this rocket's about to go up into space in like two minutes. Do you want to watch? And you're like, yeah, of course I want to watch it. And it's so remarkable. Listen again. So this is the SpaceX coverage. Listen to how she <laughs> so she tries to give her her moment of this is going to be my time. I'm going to make a name for myself. And resilience rises. Not even gravity contains humanity when we explore as one for all. <laughs> Is that really necessary? I wonder if she felt like this was going to be her uh, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I thought that was going to be her moment. But the thing with these space launches in Kennedy Space Center, it's like it happens all the time. I just remember watching one just a couple of uh, months ago. They're launching people into space all the time. And resilience rises. Not even gravity contains humanity when we explore as one for all. That's pretty cool. Very dramatic, but that's okay. And with the astronauts that are going in, there's more local ties with that one too, which is kind of cool. Remember we had the Bob Behnken who went up last time with SpaceX. There's another local tie to this one. And that's cool. I mean, I, I think that having local space ties is really neat. How would you like to be an astronaut? Wouldn't that be a cool thing to do at some point? I always um, I always wondered, would I be someone that could make it into space? And the answer is no. I found out very quickly. There's like height requirements and weight and got to have good vision and do all these different things. Uh, I'm, I'm not in the best shape and I don't have the best vision. So I got that uh, going against me. But then again, it's fun to dream. Now, I never got the chance to go to space camp when I was a kid. You remember when you were, that was like the premier camp of all the camps you can go to. You'd be like, oh, what are you doing this summer? Well, I'm going with my family and we're going to go up to the lake and we spend two weeks in Disney or we went and visited family over in uh over in California, and you, you name all of these different things, and then one person would say, oh, I got to go to space camp. Are you kidding me? That's like instantly the coolest dude in the world. How can that kid not be the coolest kid? Pretty uh, pretty easy for that kid to make it from there. But now it's like also ordinary. 
They're like, hey, you went to space camp, huh? Well, I put on my VR goggles and went to space, and I didn't even have to leave my uh, house there, huh? That's what it's like. Looks like Vice President Mike Pence and Second Lady Karen Pence viewed the launch at Kennedy Space Center, which is pretty cool. I showed them out there. Um, so watching this and just uh, proud that we're able to do this sort of thing, and it's kind of cool that we're getting to the point where we're privatizing space. This is the private flight, which is neat, heading up to the International Space Station. They actually caught the rocket, so as you're watching these live feeds online, you see the rocket go up. And then after the actual space capsule where the astronauts are in continue their voyage over to the International Space Station, the giant rocket in its fuel cylinders and all the, you know, what breaks off of it after they spend all the fuel to get this little tiny capsule up into space breaks off. Normally in the past, it would just fly and fall into the ocean and be done. You, you never get it back ever again. But SpaceX did this thing where they realized, well, we could put a barge out there, a floating barge, and then we could use our computer systems to slowly bring it back down. And then when it gets close, we'll put in these rockets on, we'll slow it down, we can get it to land manually onto this moving barge. And you know what? Uh, sometimes it failed. I remember when they first tried it, it failed. But now they got the they got it down pretty good. And it even shows the video of this thing landing on this moving barge out in the water. Isn't that amazing? Ah, technology. It's beautiful. So congratulations to SpaceX. Another manned mission up to the International Space Station. It's going to take a little time for them to get up there. Hopefully they'll be docking by 11 o'clock Monday. So that's Eastern time. So I guess 10 o'clock Central time. So less than 24 hours. I think the astronauts will probably be sleeping here. I'm guessing they're a little bit a little bit uh, worn down from the travel. You know, if I go just a few hours in the car, I get tired can imagine going into space in a seat for 24 hours that's got to be something else all right so coming up we're going to go through a couple of the restrictions that you're starting to see for covid and it starts to ramp up just in time for thanksgiving and what the interesting thing is why is it that the people of power get a free pass on this so we'll look at a couple of examples for that too this is overnight america kmox news radio 1120 kmox the voice of the cardinals So there is a interview with a person in the news that Maria recorded as part of the KMOX newscast. I'm sure you have seen it. Uh, Bartolino's restaurants, there's a few of them in town, the brothers. And in fact, I had them on the business of family business. And Michael Saracino, one of the business owners, one of the brothers, the partners, restaurant owners, is going to be out with Charlie Brennan tomorrow during his show, The Charlie Brennan Show with Amy Marks, of course. And what they're saying is, this is uh, tough, right? Several restaurants threatening uh, to file a lawsuit. And as part of the interview, I was listening to Maria Kina bring up some of the different points of why they're deciding to do this. And the big point is, and you are smothering and pointing out and saying that, you know, restaurants are the problem for this, which they are not. And I got to give a lot of credit to our very own KMOX contributor, someone that you hear on the Mark uh, Reardon show and Jane Duker has been uh, just doing great work on social media pointing out how unnecessary all of this is and the medical strategy of closing down restaurants and you know limiting and just basically trying to point the blame to them is really the wrong place to point the blame you know the interesting thing is in the city they take a different approach than in the county 
You have Mayor Leiter Krusen on Thursday night put out that decree, I guess the health order, saying that, okay, we got to limit gatherings. And then in the county, it's different. So here are the new COVID restrictions. St. Louis County, new restrictions were finally rolled out Friday morning. Uh, it says record totals of coronavirus cases and hospitalizations continue. County Executive Dr. Sam Page and the Health Department announced the new rules Friday morning, the most severe we've seen in months, will take place starting on Tuesday. So here are the health orders. Amended face mask requirements, quarantine and isolation orders, and coronavirus safer at home order. What a way to brand that one, huh? We're going to call it safer at home. Oh, that sounds really nice and cozy. It sounds like one of those things that the Democrats would kind of like put into Congress. So like, oh, we got to pass this. It's the everybody is wonderful bill. Oh, who would who would vote against the everybody is wonderful bill? And then you look at the way it's read and it's like, oh, no, this is actually terrible. This is not everybody is wonderful. It says the limit on people leaving home. Uh, only for necessity, things like work, school, groceries, exercise, or medical attention. Residents could go to social gatherings, but stay in their social bubbles with only 10 people, and it can only be that same group of 10 people at any gatherings throughout the restrictions. <laughs> so if, so it's almost like the old days, you remember, you had a speed dial on your phone. It's like you had 10 speed dials, and once you uh, hit save on those 10 speed dials, you can't change it. <laughs> For the entirety of this order. <laughs> well, the thing is, we're going into a time where Thanksgiving is around the corner. So on Tuesday, we're moving towards this. And then, okay, maybe some of you don't know this, but Thanksgiving is a pretty social type of holiday where a lot of family members normally get together. All of these different orders that were put into place, this this adds more legal questions. I should have asked Brad Young about this. So let's say you have an agreement with a dinner hall or something like that and then they cut the restrictions and you're, are you not allowed to do that do you get your money back do you have to sue them if they d won't give you a refund uh what about weddings do you have to postpone do you have to change your wedding date or you just have to tell everyone they can't come what do you do then you ordered all the food you ordered everything else around it who's responsible for everything else that you can't fulfill anymore i don't know good questions but i think a lot of people are very frustrated with all of this including restaurant owners and Maria Kina had a sit down and talk to, I think it's Michael Saracino. Yeah. He's someone that doesn't, it's funny because they point this out. They say, we didn't really want to be the face of this, but many restaurants are getting into it. Somehow we've become the face of this, which is fine. I think our grievances, our problems need to be heard. And I asked Maria, I said, can I play some of this interview on the show tonight? She said, sure. So here's where you start to feel really the problems that they're having in the county. And if you want to talk about this, you can. If, if you think that these restrictions are overboard, if you feel like it's unnecessary, maybe that they are pinning this on restaurant owners unnecessarily, or maybe you think this is 100% necessary. Maybe you think this needs to be done. This is the only thing we can do right now. Give us a call, 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And again, this is Michael Saracino. I believe he's going to be on with Charlie Brennan on his show Monday morning, but here's a little clip, a preview of it. Unfortunately, or fortunately, we have become the, the face of the lawsuit uh, uh, that started, I guess, uh, Friday morning after uh, the initial um, notice came out that uh, Sam Page was going to institute uh, tighter restrictions and predominantly against the restaurant industry. So um, 
we decided that, um, you know, we weren't going to take this uh, lying down and uh, just felt that we needed to, uh, to do something about it. How many other restaurants are with you on this? I don't have an exact number, but there's, there's dozens of them. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not at liberty to give all the, uh, the names out as of yet, but uh, that will be shortcoming as soon as the things become reality. Explain to me why you think it's wrong. Well, we certainly have the utmost respect for, uh, you know, the com- pandemic and, and uh, you know, we're compassionate and sympathetic to to all of the people who have lost their lives, you know, but it's the, um, um, you know, we, they are singling out restaurants as the main source of the spread of COVID and um, no other businesses have been um, told that other than us. So it's, uh, you know, we, we've been singled out unfairly. Um, and, you know, it's not that, you know, we, we certainly would welcome being a solution to the problem, but we don't want to be named the problem. And that's what uh, these restrictions are doing. What's business been like since you had to reduce? Uh, business has been fine. It, it's been okay. We, we've been able to survive uh, through it all. We've, um, you know, we we've, are in a area of St. Louis County where, you know, we've been there for 40 years. And, uh, you know, we have a certainly a, a loyal following, a loyal customer base, and we're very blessed. And uh, so we've been doing okay. But that's not the, the uh, that's not what it's like for all restaurants and, and it truly is a, uh, not a good time for the, the industry as a whole. And, uh, it continues to look bleak. Yeah. I hate hearing that. This really does bother me because on the economic side, is there a way to do things where you don't have to impact businesses again? Cause how many times can businesses be forced to close down before it's permanent? How many times has that happened? And how many businesses have decided they just can't weather it? Well, think about what happened last time. There were a promise of loans that sometimes the small businesses couldn't get a hand on. They tried, 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 and still they couldn't get through. And then finally they got through. And then the whole idea is to get these PPP loans in order to you know get these low interest or no interest loans so you can keep payroll. You don't have to fire everyone. Our unemployment doesn't go through the roof. And then it was a nice thought. But then a lot of people got these loans that shouldn't have and just a mess because they tried to rush it so quickly. The checks and balances were just not there. But eventually it was there. And now these businesses have these loans that they have to repay to the government because they were able to weather this storm. Now, what happens if we go through another nationwide lockdown or even a lot of large areas decide to go through this? Is there going to be some sort of financial backing in the county that would be able to keep these businesses afloat? Are they going to be able to get a check from the county council? Oh, hey, help me get this, uh, make payroll because you're not allowing me to open or in the city for that matter. Now think about something more widespread. Because even Joe Biden has mentioned and indicated that he would be fine with locking things down by the country again. How devastating would that be? Now, look what happened last time with unemployment, how many jobs were lost. And then everyone was trying to scramble to figure out how to work from home. A lot of businesses are resilient. They were able to come up with an answer, and they executed that answer. This is good news. Now, even though this infrastructure is in place and make it easier for them to do this sort of thing, 
Um, but if you don't have the customers and you don't have the ability to go out there and offer your product or services because the restrictions are there, then what happens? I wonder how bad all of, you know, and this makes me think, I'm just thinking about this right now. I had some guy coming over here soon to go check out, uh, to clean the furnace and do the, you know, the regular routine fall routine. Now I, I, I got to call him on Monday. Are we still going to be able to do that now? Because are you still going to make a house call? I don't know. This whole thing's messed up. And then how many people are actually going to comply with this? Like, let's say it's Thanksgiving and one of your nosy neighbors says, oh, look at that. More than 10 people showed up at this person's house. Oh, they're in trouble. Oh, they're going to get it. And they call They call the uh, tip line or they call the police or whatever it is, the, the narc line. Oh, we're, we're going to uh, we're going to snitch on these uh, these neighbors of ours because it's not fair that they're allowed to have more than 10 people at their Thanksgiving meal. Do you think a police officer, do you think any enforcement agency really wants to show up to your house on Thanksgiving? No, of course they're not. And by the way, I'm guessing any police agency that gets a call on Thanksgiving that says, I think my neighbor has too many people, are just going to say, okay, thank you for your call, and that's going to be the end of that. They're not going to go over there like it's the SWAT team with a battering ram kicking your front door down. Oh, God, we need to call how many people are here. No. So what's going to happen? People are just going to ignore this. Ultimately, if you really want to, um, I guess, help the situation, you come up with something more reasonable. <laughs> And then think about the restaurants that are still trying to make it and still trying to adapt. They're still working with less tables than because the, the limited restrictions. Now you're going to limit it even more to the point where, yeah, you might be able to do curbside, but curbside doesn't pay all the bills unless you have a very generous base of people. And then what you're doing is going back to the well and saying, hey, tip your uh, waitress really well. Tip that restaurant well. If you like them, continue to patronize them. Well, you've done that before. How many times are you going to have to do that? You're going to put it on the backs of the people when really it's the government that's causing the problem here over and over and over again. So this is this is tough. Um, and so many different places are doing it differently. And it would be a little bit different if, oh, I don't know, if maybe the leaders weren't as hypocritical as all get out. So we saw that in a couple of different places. Maybe we'll do that right after the break. So. Let's do that. And maybe I'll read some of Jane Duker's tweets. She has been great, great, great at covering this in the county. I've really enjoyed how she has been on top of the shenanigans behind all of this. So we'll do that right after the break, too. This is Overnight America KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Looking at some of these tweets online, oh, man. So let me just read a couple of these tweets of what's going on in the city and county. So how about this one from Greg Keller on Twitter? Tweets, St. Louis County homicides have increased around 40% since Wesley Bell became prosecutor. But don't worry, he's going to start arresting people for going out to lunch, which should help. Oh, man, that is spot on. City and county have gone through some pretty terrible. And luckily for the county, they have the city to point to and say, oh, at least we're not that bad. Isn't that terrible? It's bad in both ways. But for some reason, the county gets a free pass. And I'm going to have to look up some more county stats because I'm one of those people that have not shed a spotlight on it yet. But we'll have to look at their numbers. Because right now in the city of St. Louis in the year 2020, up until November 13th, so this is a couple of days old, 
This is the last time the St. Louis Police Department put out their statistics, which they do. And they are up to 225 homicides. Oh, they're just skyrocketing. You can go back and look at the historical data. And the last time we saw numbers projecting this high towards the end of the year was back when the city of St. Louis had a lot more people living there. Right now there are, let's see, open cases, 162 of the 225. Mm. You want to know of the victims? Let's break it down. 18, let's see, 17 and under, so minors. You had uh, 15 victims there. Hmm. If you want to go up to 19 and younger, you add an extra 13 victims. And then 20 to 29, that seems to be the biggest demographic of victims. 17 female deaths, 77 male deaths between 20 and 29. Young people doing this is just terrible. And you also know their race of all of those. Um, 27 black females, 177 black males. So what does that add up to? Oh, this is not even close. It's not even in comparison. So of, of males, 177 uh, black males have been killed by homicide this year. 13 white males by homicide. This is terrible. How many different communities need to stand up and yell and scream? This is unacceptable. Last week I did a thing on the Operation Legend, which is the feds coming in and helping, and they have made a lot of different arrests. We're talking violent offenders, homicide suspects, um, you know, just it's pretty terrible to think that the only way any of this was getting done is to charge them federally because our circuit attorney is just not capable of doing this properly. And it's just uh, when, when I say not capable, meaning either it's willing as in they just decide not to do it. Um, don't show up to court. Their prosecution rate is terrible. Just uh, just not uh, staffed properly because she treated her staff and so poorly from what all reports say, what a lot of her staff just left they just didn't want to work with her. It's just bad. It's just a bad time all the way around. And then she's battling her own problems right now when it comes to the legal challenges against her personally. So that might take away from some of her time. Oh, she's got all kinds of issues. One of the things that we've noticed is that, hey, if we're going to take people um, out of the prisons because of COVID and put them back on the street and pinky promise that they'll just be okay. No, um, none of that worked. We're seeing the increase in crime, but luckily the feds came in and are starting to starting to clean some of this stuff up. But let me read some of these yeah, tweets from Jane Duker. I thought she was great and on social media. She has been right on top of it, and you got to give her a lot of credit. Um, this other one here, it says, for the, she says, hashtag scam page. <laughs> That's good for social media. Give her that. Uh, for the Sam Page discipline, she says scam page. How do you in Sam Forestiel County justify not instituting a full shutdown order like they did in March or even more restrictive order? Some illness and death is good for you, question mark. How much are you willing to tolerate? So her point is, if you're just singling out one industry, the restaurant industry, um, then why would you do that? If, if the whole area has the problem, why are you restricting the thing that may not be the contributor to the problem? And she also points out, then why wouldn't you have a full shutdown on things like, oh, I don't know, nursing homes, the most vulnerable crowd, but you're still allowing different visitors to go in for that, aren't you? So she points out all of these things and saying, well, it's hypocritical for you to go out and not do the full thing, but maybe there's a certain reason why you're only doing a small portion and then targeting restaurants who, by the way, may not survive this 
and what you're trying to pull. And this is where the hypocrisy starts to really kick in. There's actually two stories that I think are worthy of playing here. One's from the Sacramento Bee, which, uh, of course, is a real legit site. It's not the Babylon Bee, which is a satirical site. But Gavin Newsom, he's the governor in California, hypocritical French laundry fiasco. I love the play on words there. Out caught in public. Hey, wait a minute. You're supposed to be locking down and stopping the spread of this COVID by locking everything down in California. So why would you be showing up at these restaurants and spending, oh, I don't know, about $350 a person, not including drinks, and all of these different courses in these fancy places while everyone else is hurting. says, we certainly hope Governor Newsom and his wife enjoyed their dinner at the Michelin-starred restaurant on November 6th because it will end up costing a lot more than $700 in terms of damages to Newsom's credibility in the middle of a COVID pandemic. Nothing will launder the stain of stupidity from his reputation in his ill-conceived outing. You remember back during the election you saw some pictures of Sam Page eating out too? It's funny because they're saying, oh, I don't think yours, where's your mask? And they were pointing out these things of some of these different leaders that issue these restrictions. One of the same things goes on in Chicago. Mayor Lori Lightfoot got called out because, hey, she's putting all these special restrictions in, but not after she was out celebrating the win of Joe Biden in the streets, not wearing a mask and the video that was shown. In fact, she was on MSNBC and they even asked her about that. Here's what uh, she said. And uh, let me keep in mind here. This is just, what, a week ago? One of the reasons people feel frustrated or skeptical is they're getting a lot of mixed messages. What do you say to those who are criticizing you where less than a week ago you went out and stood before a massive crowd who was celebrating um, Joe Biden's victory, and now you're saying your city has to shut down? How do you have one and not the other? Well, look, I, I, I think that We've been saying all along, everybody has to take care. Everybody has to take precaution. I will tell you, in that big crowd a week ago, we had everybody was wearing masks. Look at, you can see the shot here. Um, mask compliance in our city is actually up very, very high. But yes, there are times when we actually do need to have a relief and come together. Wasn't that great? There's times where you need a relief. So, hey, we'll, we'll get it out when we want to do it. But then when it's your turn for Thanksgiving, no, you're not allowed. So hypocritical. We'll be right back. This is Overnight America Camelot. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.